Back, folks, to Metals, Money, and Markets Weekly for the week ended March 3rd. I'm Chris Temple of NationalInvestor.com with Mickey Fulp, the mercenary geologist. As always, uh, Mickey, uh, quite a change in attitude in the markets this week, almost across the board. Risk assets were on uh, uh, offensive again, starting with the precious metals. Yeah, there's lots of black on the board this week. Gold was up. Forty-four dollars closed at by far its week high at eighteen fifty-five. That's almost a two and a half percent gain. A lot of that had to do was the fall off of the U.S. dollar. The other precious metals were also up. Silver twenty-one twenty-two up about the equivalent amount two point three percent. Platinum up seven and a half percent to close at nine seventy-six. And even Palladium, which had lost three weeks in a row, lost big time. It was up 1.8% to 1364. Uh, gold held, didn't even test the $1,800 resistance all week. So strong week for gold. Yeah, for sure. And copper was back on the north side of $4 again with some optimism over China and priming a pump over there plus some more supply challenges in South America yeah really driven by China this week with the Chinese PMIs came in at 11 year high uh, so uh, that drove copper above four bucks but if you look at copper since say uh, the first week of January it's really been range bound Say, let's say at $4.10 plus or minus a dime uh, it is in about a two and a half cent contango this week cash to threes okay and the China news seemed to have helped energy this week as well yeah I'm not sure that was really due to China uh, ex uh, totally certainly that PMI number helped uh, <laughs> WTI was uh, up about a half a dollar uh, till about 9 a.m. New York time today when it spiked over $2. And that was certainly after the NYMEX open. And I really think what happened was uh, rumors that the United Arab Emirates were going to pull out of OPEC. And you saw as soon as that rumor came out, WTI spiked down and then it spiked up. It closed at 79.73 for over a 4% gain. Uh, looking at the numbers, rigs are down for the first, for the last three weeks in a row, down four this week. Production flat at 12.3 million barrels per day. Inventories were flat, and that's the first time since the beginning of 2023 that they have not gone down. Imports were flat at 6.2 million barrels per day. And refineries were flat at 15.1 million barrels per day. Uh, other news that came in the market uh, later today includes the Russians have announced that the Nord Stream pipelines are dead. So the U.S. accomplished what they wanted to do there.
no doubt. Yeah, and, and everybody, the whole world seems to know that story, though what the consequences will be remain to be seen down the road, I'm sure. Uh, uranium gave back a little bit of its, uh, you know, it's still the right side of 50 bucks, but it softened this week. It ended up at 50.38. That's a buck 20 loss. I saw no real macro reason for that. Uh, has little to do with it, but the International Atomic Energy Agency uh, and inspections found traces of highly enriched uranium at 85% U308 in Iran and that's what you need to build a fission bomb well that's not going to make this country very happy to be sure nor the Israelis for that matter so we can expect more saber rattling I'm sure over that um, yeah, but get this, they said traces, whatever that means. Yeah, well, it could, could maybe <laughs> but it's... But that does mean that they've developed the capability, at least at a minute scale, to enrich uranium to that 85% range, which is the low end of making a fission bomb. Wow, well, just, just one more headache in a world that's got a lot of conflicts that are bubbling underneath the surface and some of them at the surface. Uh, moving on, the currencies had a lot of volatility again. The dollar was up quite a bit before it turned tail at week's end. Well, it did turn tail, and it turned tail during the day today, too. Ended up at 104.54. Now, I would suggest that it was overbought last week, above 105. But that's something on the order of, uh, what, 70 basis point drop, and that's a lot. Yep. Uh, Euro was up to 1064, up eight tenths percent. Looney was up just a tad, seven basis points to close at 73.57. The real news this week really was soaring interest rates. Uh, The two year T bills hit a 17 year high yesterday uh, before it fell off a bit today. Uh, at one point, uh, I guess yesterday, the tenure was 4.08%. It ended up today at 3.97 for a two basis point gain. But uh, that two to tenure inversion continues to climb. It's now at 89 basis points. So a lot of this has to do with the fact that the market knows what's going to happen with uh, interest rates increasing at the Fed meeting, which is what twelve days from today. Yep. Uh, so the market thinks it knows what's going to happen. Yeah. Well, well, we'll see if the market's right or wrong coming up. The market's been more incorrect this year than correct, and has had to catch up recently to the Fed. But boy, I, I have for one have to say that the stock market if you're just a technician and you throw everything else away you had to be impressed this week that the market got off the mat and uh turned around uh, it what for all of the major indices was a very important chart point well i appreciate you mentioning technical aspects of your analysis but i appreciate even more the fact that you did not 
involve body parts or eating utensils in your technical <laughs> analysis, i.e. heads and shoulders and, uh, right. and cups and handles. So, <laughs> uh, But the market did have a very good week. It was up, up, and away. The Dow closed at 33,390, up 1.7%. S&P 500, 4045, up 1.9%. On relatively low volume, Volatility, average volatility at 18.5 on the VIX. But uh, this comes after three to four weeks in a row of down numbers for both the Dow and the S&P. NASDAQ had a nice week too, closed up 2.7% to close at 11.689. Uh, some of this was driven today by very strong PMIs, uh, both the in uh, manufacturing and service sector PMIs were somewhere around 54 exceeded expectations uh, so we had a really strong week in the market despite fears of Fed rises uh, and we expect that to continue okay and finally as far as the equities are concerned the venture exchange had a nice week it did it was up uh, a whopping 4.2%. It really has been tracking U.S. markets for the most part, uh, up to 643, uh, but the volumes remain very low, plus or minus 20 million shares per day. So after that little bit of a stutter in February and the market seeming to want to correct again, was this start me up for the bulls this week again? Well, and that is our theme this week, a famous Rolling Stones song, Start Me Up. And the secondary line is, and I'll never stop, never stop. But I'm going to go all Joe Biden and Janet Yellen on, on this take. And that's uh, the fact that a year ago this week, uh, U.S. went into the Ukrainian war in a big way and started him up and this week both Yellen and Biden came out and said uh, we'll never stop never stop another forever war to satisfy the military industrial pharma complex well that's for sure you know and it's amazing uh, I'm being facetious in saying that how Janet Yellen was telling us uh, the world was about to end if we don't have some solution to the debt ceiling crisis, but there is no debt ceiling crisis for the U.S. when it comes to funding excursions in Ukraine or anywhere else for that matter. Shameful. It is shameful. Well, what else we got going on uh, next week? We have a somewhat delayed, I guess it wasn't today, uh, non-farm payrolls number next Friday. I know you'll be watching. Well, I think that's going to be the big one. Uh, we also have factory orders on Monday. Uh, I think those should be good since PMI was really good. Yeah. Uh, Powell's going to pontificate in front of Congress on Tuesday. And then we have the Bank of Canada rate uh, increases likely coming sometime midweek. But really, the biggie is going to be that payroll number next Friday. Sure. Well, we'll see what happens. It seems as though that the markets are starting to get used to these chronically high inflation numbers and figure, hey, why fight it? Uh, inflation is going to continue driving everything up. The Fed is still behind the curve and may always may stay there. 
uh, for that matter. So it'll, it'll be interesting. Uh, last but not least, what's our snarky poll for this weekend? Well, from my point of view, it is pretty snarky. So uh, the question is, who is America's most infamous geologist? And your choices are uh, U.S. President number 31, Herbert Hoover. Second choice, moonwalking Jack Schmidt from Albuquerque, New Mexico. I, I know the man. Uh, number three is Randy Marsh of South Park fame. And number four is, of course, the mercenary geologist. <laughs> Well, we'll have to we'll have to go with number four. <laughs> well, I know Jack Schmidt. He is a great man, but I'll tell you, I got to go with South Park and Randy Marsh. That man is, or that cartoon character, I should say, is absolutely hilarious funny now i usually know a lot about history but herbert hoover was was that his profession absolutely I, one of the most famous geologists self-made uh and around the turn of the century a marvelous career that spanned the globe uh by what 1905 he was worth four million dollars wow and that's about a that's well over a hundred million dollars. Self-made man. Uh, his wife was also a geologist, and they translated the first geology mining book by Agricola, written in the 15th century, called De Re Metallica, and they translated that in from the Latin into English, and. Every geologist worth his salt has that book on his shelf. Wow. Well, I learned something new today. Like Johnny Carson would have said, I did not know that. <laughs> great, great trivia to close today with. Thanks, Mickey, and thank you folks for tuning in. And uh, as Mickey said, lots of news uh, for the economy next week, so I'm sure we're going to have more fireworks. Mickey, have a great weekend. You too, Chris. Metals, Money, and Markets Weekly is syndicated exclusively by our friends at Kitco.com. To keep up with Mickey Folk, visit him online at MercenaryGeologist.com and on Twitter under at MercenaryGeo. Yours truly, Chris Temple, can be found at NationalInvestor.com and on Twitter, it's at NatInvestor. Thanks for tuning in. We'll be back with you again next week.